Cat could come over from Montana, out of the Brotherhood, Laffin and Ziegler from the Upper Peninsula, and Dick Weber, who had connections at Fort Hood, which got them the M-16s and Colt 1911A1 45 pistols. Good men, all of them, Kowalski thought, preparing to give the signal. He'd been born and raised in Michigan City, his father, brothers, uncle, and several cousins, all working at the steel mills, from which he had escaped by joining the army two years before Iraq started to go bad. He'd just been a grunt, corporal a couple of times, but then got busted because he couldn't take orders, and he liked his beer and pot combo a little too much. Yet the guys had taken to calling him Sarge from the beginning, because this was his plan, and he saw no need to correct them, as long as they followed orders. Nor had he known any of them before three weeks ago, when he'd posted a notice on the Posse Comitatus newsboard on the net and on site in Billings and Sault Ste. Marie for an op to, in his words, gain payback for the bastards who kept extending us no matter what it did to our gourds. It was the fat cats who made obscene profits off the backs of the grunts with their noses in the mud and shit, who back in the world owned steel plants, coal mines, oil wells, and power stations millionaires with their noses up the Pentagon's ass. And just like in Kuwait and Iraq during the first dust-up with the burning wells spewing black shit into the air which fucked us up royally, they're doing the same thing with their refineries, fucking up the air so we can't even breathe it. The guys either didn't give a shit about his message or didn't understand, or both. They were just interested in getting back into it. They wanted to shoot someone, blow up some shit. The air pollution thing didn't matter. Most of them were heavy smokers, especially Kowalski with his two and a half packs of Camelon filters. But for Kowalski, the message was everything. Or at least that's what he'd convinced himself was the truth. Though if he was being honest with himself in a rare moment, too rare, his ex-wife would have said, he was really just like the others. A disaffected grunt who hadn't gotten enough. He wanted more message or not. Knock the entire bastard country back to the horse and buggy days. Simpler times, when men were men and no one fucked with them. They had comm units with earbuds and Vox-operated mics attached to the lapels of their night fighter black camos that they'd each paid for out of their own pockets. Kowalski keyed his. Go in ten, he whispered. The units were low power, so there was little chance their traffic would be intercepted, even if anyone was listening, which was doubtful. Attacks like this had hardly ever happened since the anti-war riots of the late 60s and early 70s. Roger one, Higgins came back, followed by the other four. This is a supercritical refinery, Kowalski had explained at one of their initial briefings in Kalispell before they'd begun field training prior to moving south. Who gives a damn, Sarge? Marichek had asked. He was angrier than the others. His twin brother had died in his arms in the middle of a firefight across the border with Pakistan. Officially, his death had been listed as an accidental, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Thirteen of them. You all need to give a damn, because what I'm trying to tell you is that just about everything inside the plant is sensitive to gunfire, and especially to C4. So we take out the gate guard, go in, blow up some shit, waste a few dudes, and get the fuck out. Lathan, J.P. to the squad, had said. He wasn't angry. He was simply the craziest of the lot. He lived with his wife and their two daughters in a dilapidated mobile home parked in the woods outside of Bergland, 
in the Upper Peninsula's Ottawa National Forest. Do that and you just might get all of us killed, Kowalski had answered, tamping down his own anger. He wanted to tell them about the point he was trying to make, but he gave it up as a lost cause because sometimes he didn't even know exactly what his point was. All right, we're listening, Sarge, Ziegler had said. Just shutting them down for a long time. Make them think about the shit they're doing, about the crap they're doing to us. So we're going to maximize our strike by setting so many fires that nobody will be able to put them out for a very long time. First off, we set C4 charges at the base of each cracking tower, and then we take over the computer center from where we can open every fuel routing valve in the entire complex, so that when the C4 blows, the entire place will go up in a wall of flames. With any luck, the fire will spread to the two main chemical plants, plus the polymers center and the olefins plant. All that shit will go up like Roman candles on the 4th of July.